episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. So I just had a huge increase in subscribers due to my election night podcast newsletter. If you're one of those new subscribers, welcome. I want to briefly explain this project before I start into this week's episode. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers, and colleagues of people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support group of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. Throughout this podcast, I will refer to something called the newsletter. It can be found at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. The newsletter is basically a written version of the podcast. Some of the sources I cite are hyperlinked in the newsletter, so if you ever want to find a source for something, Look for the same episode as this podcast. It should be right underneath the podcast episode in my Substack. So for instance, if you're looking for the midterm meltdown, if you look right below where it says podcast midterm meltdown, you'll see something that just says midterm meltdown. That's the newsletter. It should be very obvious. They're literally right, one right next to each other. I do that because some people prefer to read Um, this content, some people prefer to listen, some people prefer both and they kind of work in tandem. So it's kind of nifty. I, some people think I'm nuts for doing both. I was asked to do a newsletter. I was the crazy person who said, Hey, let's add a podcast. (laughs) Having no idea how much extra work that would mean. I also occasionally imitate some of the people on Fox news. Uh, it's just a habit I've had since I was a little kid. When I talk about someone, I go into their voice. So I sort of started doing it accidentally. And then uh, listeners were like, keep doing that. That's funny. So now I do it all the time. And I do impressions in and out of people as I talk about them sometimes. Um, So prepare yourself for some goofy voices. Uh, There's always a little bit of humor mixed into decoding Fox News. Um, I can't kind of can't help myself. uh, But it's sometimes these episodes can be a little dark, especially when I'm covering Tucker Carlson. Oh my goodness. But he's not in this week, so we won't worry about him. To the headline. Fox News. The midterm aftermath. Propagandist tears. A condensed overview of 23 hours of Fox News for the week ending November 13th, 2022. A typical, it's 23 because I added the eight hours, eight or nine. I'm not even sure how much. (laughs) of the election night coverage. I do use some clips from that, so I had to include it. It's 23 freaking hours. (laughs) Here we go. A typical Fox News viewer is most likely dismayed and confused that the promised red wave of Republicans seizing control of both the House and the Senate didn't materialize. After all, they were flooded with stories of cities overrun with crime, families crushed by inflation, morgues overflowing with death caused by fentanyl, and millions of migrants taking over border cities. Fans of the network were also inundated with segment after segment of Fox News anchors praising various Republican candidates 
while trashing Democrats. They were shown inaccurate polls that promised massive Republican victories in states where the races weren't even close. Fox News has no real answers for their viewers why the Republican gains were so lackluster, other than to blame voting methods across the country. As usual, anyone who consumed Fox News exclusively would have missed out on stories such as the seditious conspiracy trial involving the leaders of the Oath Keepers, political unrest in Pakistan, or signs that inflation might be subsiding. The stories I covered last week were Fox and Friends, The First Hour, The Five, Hannity, and the entire broadcast of the Fox News midterm election night coverage. So we're going to get started with the first clip. Um, it's Jesse Waters. This is a longer segment that I cut up and condensed into something I could stick on Twitter. This is a doozy. Um, <laughs> I'll let the clip speak for itself. Look at what happened, let's say, in Pennsylvania. I can't believe John Fetterman won. I can't believe it. Yeah. I honestly can't believe they voted for this guy. So abortion was critical, we know, in Pennsylvania. I did not see that it was going to be that critical. Oz was not a great candidate. He had a brutal primary. He took the summer off, and he campaigned hard at the end. But people didn't trust him. They didn't trust the guy. He wasn't from Pennsylvania. So this was the first instance um, I saw when I was covering anybody from Fox actually tear into a Republican candidate other than the election night coverage. And so it all is going to come down to Georgia runoff again. again. <laughs> so we're, this is about Herschel Walker. But and you know why? there was never a shot, apparently, in New Hampshire. I mean, that guy got railroaded. And if you put up a guy in, in who's running for governor in Pennsylvania who just got slaughtered, I mean, these things have down-ballot consequences. That hurts Oz. It hurts the Republican House candidate. So that's interesting. So Oz is a terrible candidate, and now Oz was a good candidate, but because the guy who was running Mastriano for governor, it hurt Oz. Now, Jesse's saying it without saying it, that these picks were poor candidates, which is ultimately blaming Trump. He's just not saying that out loud. Zeldin did great, considering this is a deep blue state. Kathy Hochul had help from every Democrat, crooked, Bill, Obama, Kamala. Everybody came in to save her. There's just not the hatred for Joe Biden that there is for Barack Obama and for the Clintons. There's not a hate Biden vote that's out there. You know when you go with Trump's on the ballot, there's that hate Trump Democrat vote? People just don't feel the same passion against the guy that they also Maybe feel he's just for a other really people. Nice guy. And we have a problem demographically. Single women are voting for Democrats by 30 points. 37. 37 points. Yeah. And in urban America, they're cleaning our clocks in the cities. Cleaning our clocks. I'm not saying anything nefarious is going on, but they are cleaning our clocks in the cities. And we're giving it away. So I wasn't covering a Jesse Waters primetime last week, but there was a very crazy comment he made about single women who should get married so they vote Republican. I included a link in the newsletter that takes you to Media Matters. They have a clip on it. It's bonkers. And the fact that these youth voters are coming in so strong on an off year is very concerning. It looks like they've been brainwashed. This new generation is totally brainwashed because a lot of these single women are, vote 37 spreads for Democrats are teaching all of our younger generation in these schools, and they're polluting their minds, and then they grow up, and then they're in their 20s, and then they vote for leftists. It's always a conspiracy with these people, isn't it? It's never, I don't know, 
voters are sick of your message because your message is basically that Democrats are evil communists, everything's going to hell, and that crazy person who constantly sucks the energy out of the room should be our president again. And when I say crazy person, I'm talking about former President Donald J. Trump. I think it'd be very difficult to find an independent or middle-of-the-road voter who's like, you know what, let's give that guy a try again. Because I want to see my capital smashed up and have every single news story about every stupid thing this man says and does. You know, hey, maybe he'll sell some secrets to the Russians or the Saudis because, you know, why not? Oh, it just hasn't hit them yet that that's what happened. All those people in the middle that thought, hey, this guy's like a non-politician. He's this mover and shaker. He's been on TV a lot. He's charismatic. Let's give that guy a try have completely given up on that guy. These next two clips are from the day before they were doing the five outdoors of, like, out. they had a studio sort of set up outdoors so, like, the public could see them. Not sure why they do it that way. Build excitement, I guess, um, outside of Fox headquarters in New York. And these are just a couple comments, both by Greg Gutfeld, of, it shows sort of, like, how high they thought this was going to go. It's like, if you got to, I mean, what did Trump say to protesters when he came in? Knock him out. Knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we found that magical. We did. We did. <laughs> I still do. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. So hilarious. Politically motivated violence is so hilarious. I'm being sarcastic. Okay, so again, this was the night before an election in which there were armed people showing up at polling sites in Arizona and other places to make sure that, you know, drop-off ballot boxes were on the up and up because an idiot propagandist made a film called 2,000 Mules Full of Nonsense. I did a breakdown of that movie on a podcast. And uh, you could check it. Probably look through the old ones. You could find it. Um, so, yeah. Not funny at all to make those jokes, but that's Craig Gutfeld for you. Now, here's the next one. Also... Not funny at all, but, you know, they find it hilarious on Fox. I'm so excited. We are a day away from the end of democracy. <laughs> and I have been putting all of my energy into destroying this incredibly fragile system of governance. I'm just so thrilled. You know what I did today? Oh, it's fantastic. I put up flyers all over my neighborhood saying the election was canceled. Uh, <laughs> then I set up a voter registration booth at NYU and I took all their information and I threw it in the East River. <laughs> okay, this one particularly got me worked up. So Greg Gutfeld is a rich white man who lives in New York, I assume. I don't actually know. I don't care. But he's a rich white man. The chances of somebody taking his right to vote away is incredibly slim. Okay, the, the second time George W. Bush was elected, I had gotten word that in Missouri, my home state, there had been problems with voter suppression in the St. Louis area. It didn't get a lot of press because there was more problems in Florida and other states. I decided, you know what, I want to help out. So I volunteered to be an election protection volunteer monitor. We wore these crazy, you know, neon vests and we had a little clipboard um, and we were, had questionnaires for people. And I flew to Missouri where my family still lives in St. Louis. And they took us to a north suburb 
of St. Louis, which was predominantly a working class black neighborhood, little cute brick homes with like a carport, you know, simple, cute little houses, uh, neat, tidy little neighborhoods. Uh, we, our polling place was a, a school and every kid in line, they had to line up before they opened the school was black. I'd say easily 90% of the people who came to my polling place were black. And I'm pointing this out because we saw voter suppression all over the place. I saw with my own two eyes flyers that said, you know, vote on Wednesday. If the lines are too long, come back the next day. I saw flyers that said, if you have parking tickets or speeding tickets or worn out for your arrest, if you show up to vote, you could be arrested. And then the worst is, and I've had to re-record this because I get too worked up. I will admit this openly. I met young women, mostly women. It happened to a couple men, but it was almost all women because they had small children at home. And they told us the same story. Again, these are independent women. Uh, like, how would they come up with this exact same script throughout the day? We kept running into this. It wasn't too many people, but it was enough to make you angry. And they would tell us that somebody knocked on their door with a clipboard and was very friendly and said, hi, I'm here to help you register to vote. And they took down the women's information and they had them fill it all out. And then they asked a question that is illegal in Missouri. It's not New York, but it's illegal in Missouri. And so we turned to these uh, mostly young women and we'd say, uh, did they ask you your party affiliation? Did they ask you who you were voting for? And the women would say, yes. And again, that is illegal in Missouri. And then we'd have to tell them, I'm sorry, but we think your voter registration may have been tossed, which is a federal crime. And I apologize for that. Here's a provisional ballot. And we knew that there was pretty much nothing to be done, that they wouldn't be registered, that the provisional ballot would also be tossed. But we wanted to give, at least give them a hope that it, you know, somebody would look into this. So yeah, Greg Gutfeld, you might find that hilarious, but that's been happening in this country for decades, especially to black voters. And I'm sorry, it's not funny because you, you think about like those people who had their vote taken away from them like that. Are they gonna go back? Are they gonna bother again? I don't know. We tried to inspire hope. We tried to tell them it would be okay that somebody would look into this. And, um, you know, you do that to people and they give up. They give up on the system and that's not fair. I mean, we should, I just can't, I just can't. I just found that that tiny segment so repugnant. I just get so worked up, so angry about it. So anyway, but I wanted to include it to show you how shameless Fox News is, that they think that that's hilarious. But speaking of Fox, uh, of black voters, we have a nice segment here that kind of, oh, I love this segment. This made me very happy. Now, there's a category that I do for the podcast. It's not every single week. It's actually not that frequent that I have this, include this segment. But this segment is called Fox Guest Goes Rogue. And that's when a Fox invites somebody on the network that doesn't play by the Fox News playbook. Um, in this first example, Harris Faulkner was hosting a voters' voices section during the election night coverage. The segment included a small audience of maybe 40 or so voters from the local New Jersey, New York area. At some point off camera, two voters got into a fight about history was taught in schools. So this clip starts right after Faulkner addresses the situation. So we don't see the fight, but we see the aftermath. <laughs> 
Now, the first voice you're going to hear is Harris Faulkner, who happens to be a black woman who works for Fox News. The second voice is also a black woman. And I include the race because it's part of the story. Step in and sure. Janice, would you like to pick up here? Because you guys were going at it a little while ago. Um, yes. Well, earlier we were discussing about what should be taught. And there's a lot of hoopla about teaching critical race theory. We were talking about parental involvement in education. And my, uh, what I said is that we should teach the truth. And we should not, not teach history because some people may feel uncomfortable with it. And that's when Chris and I had gotten into an exchange. Now, I'd like to add um, that Chris is white. I think they identified him as a teacher under his name. Uh, the black woman was never named. But Chris is some type of teacher from New Jersey. Chris, you want a last word? Sure. Well, you know, when you teach the truth, um, you teach both sides. You teach it fairly. You want to make everybody feel welcoming in the classroom. You don't want to make anybody feel right. excluded because that exclusion, when you try to be inclusive, you're being exclusive. Yeah. And Guys, that oh boy. And, that, <laughs> and I knew that somebody would wipe up on this <laughs> This is what we're for. We're, we're going to wrap it up. You guys, thank you. Okay, so the first black woman, I would say, was kind of going rogue because she just was like, I'm not putting up with this. And now the second voice you're about to hear is another black woman in another part of the audience who also just speaks right out of turn and she just goes for it. And I was like, yes! It's just great. It's just a great moment. I wish you could see it, so I'm trying to describe it to you. I'm not worried about how black children and brown children have felt excluded right, and not part of that conversation. But now, when we're starting to talk about teaching the truth of history, we have to worry about feelings. I do want to point out that while this conversation has been going on pretty much as a backdrop tonight on education, yeah. it is a hot one. We saw Governor Glenn Youngkin on with Brett and Martha earlier. This will be an issue that persists long beyond this midterm yeah. election. I know it's popped up in your research, too. So now, when Faulkner says your research, he's referring to a white woman who's a pollster who's sitting next to her. Although that woman didn't really say anything, so her race is not very relevant there. But I love these moments on Fox because they don't happen often. But boy, because both of those women had to have known. They could have been asked to leave. They could have been cut off. They could have. I'm surprised they even showed that footage. Um, it, it's live, and I guess they didn't realize that the second black woman would just, like, kind of go off, and I was like, oh my god, go, 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 because it was like, somebody needed to say it after what that white man said. I was like, what the, you know, you don't want to offend people? Like, I'm sorry, there's no both sides to slavery, buddy. There's no both sides. It's not like, oh, sorry, the white person owned another human being as property. You know, but it was a different time. No, 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 no. It's evil. It's wrong. It's bad. That's what we teach. We don't teach, oh, but. No, we teach. It should be obvious. Slavery was evil, wrong, bad. We're glad to be free of it. No explanation. No both sides. I'm sorry. I, it's really, because oh, you, it's, some things are just evil. The Holocaust, evil. Nazis, evil. Slavery, evil. No both sides. We don't get both sides. We just have to live with the fact that we have this horrible part of our history and we have to face it and deal with it. We don't both sides it. Anyway, I'm getting all worked up again. Okay, the next one, also totally different. Race is not involved here at all, but we have a voter who I thought suspiciously they described as a Democrat, who I didn't think was much of a Democrat based on what he said. So this was a um, segment from Fox and Friends. It was Steve Ducey. He had two voters on who 
they were identified underneath the their like caption as Democratic voters who had voted for Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, who was a uh, candidate for governor in New York. And one of these guests, again, didn't s- stick to the script. And <laughs> I, I loved this clip. Here we go. What I want to say is that we were all disappointed looking at the bigger picture. Uh, you know, what happened? We're yeah. supposed to be great victories all over the country. And part of the problem, uh, I don't think there's any question in my mind, that hurt Republicans all over is Donald Trump. And I think, you know, I I would say to the former president who I supported and did great things during his term, I would say to him, move on, move on. And when you, I mean, a couple of days before the election, he tells the country he has a major announcement. Donald Trump, it was not about you. It was about the candidates that were running and you took away from them. There's no question that he hurt candidates all over the country. And I would say to Donald Trump, on November 15th, you're going to make a major announcement. I would advise you, and I have great respect for you and things that you accomplished. I would advise you to announce to the country that, De- that DeSantis is the one that we should support so that we can win the White House in 2024. Donald Trump, you had your opportunity. You hurt your party that you love, your country in this election. So Donald Trump, move on. What went wrong? And more and more people you talk to who were supporters of Donald Trump, you know, nobody wants to say it openly, but it's time to be honest. If we want to move on and have great victories in this country, someone like DeSantis, I mean, look, he's a superstar. And, you know, we need that change. I want Donald Trump to be the hero, support DeSantis, and let's move on. He hurt the party. There's no question about it. No question about it. Let's see what his big announcement is next week. Uh So I did edit that down a little bit in that there was a couple comments in the middle that weren't related to the same point, but I didn't edit it much. And it's kind of telling that Steve Ducey just let that man talk. Nobody tried to cut him off or change the subject, which I think was kind of intentional. Um, because again, it's they're letting the guests say it, they're not saying it. And I've seen this a couple times on Fox when they let the guest say something that you know they didn't want the guest to say, but they go ahead and let them talk because it's a way of taking the pressure off of them. Because if Steve Ducey had made a comment like, you know, it's Trump's fault, you know, Trump would be on the phone screaming at somebody at Fox. But if a guest says it, it's like, well, we couldn't control what he said. It's, it's a little passive way of getting out a message like that. Um, but Steve Ducey did try at the end to try to turn it around by saying, well, we'll just see what the announcement is about on Thursday. Who knows? And I do kind of get a kick out of Steve Ducey because he's got that. Um, I have a whole folder in my clips just called Ducey, which are like, goofy sayings. Like he'll, he, he, he once talked about like, remember the time when you'd have a phone and it was plugged into your wall. Remember that? <laughs> or when you'd actually read a newspaper or play Yahtzee. He just, he tends to make a lot of comments about the good old days and I just find them kind of hilarious. And anyway, that's my Steve Ducey. He's Ducey. Okay, so there I'm doing my impressions. So um, next up we have, this is the whole cast of the five. I included short clips from each one of them talking about Biden's loan forgiveness program. And this was before the federal judge 
uh, put a block on it. It's I think it was like the day before. So who knows? But they were talking about it today. So they'll probably keep talking about it because, you know, they love talking about anything that they can demonize. So here we go. Americans have got a student loan bailout are about to live large off your dime. While millions grapple with the highest inflation in 40 years and other economic problems. Borrowers who are about to get their debt canceled have some big plans for that extra cash. That is Judge Janine, and she's about to play a clip from NBC Now, which is a streaming uh, program that NBC produces. Uh, and here's the clip. Recipients of President Biden's student debt forgiveness plan could see their monthly payments drop up to $300 a month in the coming weeks. But get this, 73% say they actually plan to spend that extra cash on travel and dining out. Travel and dining out. Now that's so basically what that those reporters did was uh, expose what we all knew to probably be true. But now they've just gone ahead and said it out loud. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I ran into somebody at a resort and they were telling me this is what they were doing. They would probably not be seen again. I don't know what that means. That means we'd probably run off together uh. to the woods. And I would return alone. This is incentivized. This is the new welfare queen. Remember back in the 80s, the, it was that little, you know, you're driving the Cadillac after you're taking this welfare. Now, the new welfare queen is a 30-year-old white chick with a grad degree who's in Cancun taking selfies saying, hashtag, thank right. you, Joe Biden. <laughs> so I wanted to include something that wasn't about the midterm elections, and that was the clip I picked. Uh, I just thought the term welfare queen was so just disgusting because that was a a myth that got started in the 80s of this idea that all these women were scamming uh from welfare and living large and of course it's a complete it just this nonsense that was very pushed a lot during the reagan era i'm old enough to remember it and there's a lot of misconceptions about welfare it was this idea that all everyone in welfare was a black woman in the inner city and more white people on welfare than black people and a lot of the white people are in rural areas, you know, so it's just nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. And I just also want to point out that um, I went to grad school with some students who already have six-figure debt, meaning like over 100000 I, I just can't even, I my debt is not nearly that big. I got the Pell Grant when I was in undergrad, so I come from a blue-collar background, but wow, just, you know, the the student loan debt forgiveness was going to forgive ten to $20,000 worth of debt. So I am so sorry to break it to you, uh, cast of the five. But my friends who are like $90,000, $120,000 in debt, that kind of crazy, crazy debt, are not going to be living large if they get 10000 knocked off or 20000 knocked off. Oh, no. Plus, you don't get a check. You get, it just gets taken off your loan. And right now, it may or may not even happen. And finally, like, what is so wrong with a person eating out? So they're spending maybe 30 bucks on their meal. They get a burrito or something, whatever. And that restaurant that they just spent their 30 bucks in benefits. The waiter who they tipped benefits. The busboy, the person who sold the food to the restaurant benefits. It all benefits. That's capitalism. What's wrong with you? I thought you liked capitalism. So our next category is everybody's favorite, Bogus Expert of the Week. And this is another goofy voice, everybody. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there because I haven't done her in a while, just for no reason. Judge Janine, if you don't shut up, I'm going to take a pen and I'm going to throw it at your face. Okay, that's just for no reason. 
just because I haven't done her in a while. That's Judge Jeanine. Okay, so for this one, I'm going to go into my mom voice, which is, uh, she's from St. Louis. St. Louis is kind of um, Southern and Midwestern combined, and you'll hear it. So I don't know, but uh, I am from St. Louis, and I'm going to do this next category, which is called Bogus Expert of the Week. And I had four children in four years. I was at one point normal, but now I'm in a state of panic at all times because I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about them. And, uh, you know, something's going to explode. I know it. I know it. Hold on. It's going to be okay. The bogus expert of the week this week is Laura Trump. Everybody, Laura Trump. Here we go. Now, Laura Trump has uh, won this category multiple times. There's no media clip. I'm just going to describe the fact that they had her on to talk about Fetterman's win in Pennsylvania. Why? I don't know. Hannity had her on as a guest. Makes no sense. The woman is qualified to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is the Trump family. However, she never talks about Trump or the Trump family. She talks about everything else. They they have her on. You name the category, Laura Trump will just show up. This next category is called Stories That Fox News Ignored. And that is every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to 5 hours of PBS NewsHour. The following list are the stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. Now, I've tried to read through this list and it's simply too long for the podcast. If you want to see the entire list, please go to the newsletter. I've got every single story. Um, It's really a lot. Uh, So I'm going to just briefly find kind of some highlights and, and tell you those. So according to the World Health Organization, worldwide COVID-19 deaths are down 90% since February. Here's one that Fox would definitely avoid. A Russian businessman with ties to the Kremlin admitted last Monday that he had interfered with the U.S. elections and would continue to do so. The Ukrainian army liberated Kherson, a region capital in the eastern part of Ukraine that has been occupied by Russian forces since March. North Korea launched a short-range ballistic missile towards waters off its east coast. On Veterans Day, PBS brought up the recently passed bipartisan legislation, the PACT Act, that gives benefits to veterans who suffered health problems after being exposed to toxic chemicals and burn pits. Fox News did a lot on Veterans Day, but they didn't mention that, which is kind of odd since it, like, apparently thousands of veterans have already signed up for this to get benefits. Um, A federal judge delayed Steve Bannon's prison sentence as he appeals his conviction, and Bannon was a top advisor to President Trump who refused a subpoena issued by the January 6th committee and was found, was convicted of contempt of Congress because of that. Speaking of January 6th, the seditious trial of the five alleged, seditious conspiracy trial of the five alleged leaders of the Oath Keepers had some dramatic moments last week. Uh, A witness for the defense decided to plead the fifth unexpectedly. Another one was revealed to be an informant. Uh, The Oath Keepers were one of the extremist groups involved with the riot on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Some other stories would include um, how the Prime Minister of Pakistan, the former Prime Minister of Pakistan, is still encouraging his followers to protest and demand new elections right away because he wants to rise to power again. He was ousted on corruption charges. That's pretty dramatic. There's also protests in Iran that have gone on now for two solid months. 
Fox continues to ignore them. They're anti-government protests, and Iran is starting to execute some of the arrested protesters. So this is a huge story, and Fox has just completely ignored it. Another one that's been very interesting is the WNBA player Brittany Griner. Fox sometimes talks about her, then will ignore her, and then bring her up, and then ignore her. They use her as a cudgel, basically, to uh, use to criticize Biden with. She has been sent to a penal colony. The Biden administration is still trying to negotiate her release. They're trying to do like a prisoner swap. Uh, the consumer prices rose, like it says 0.4%, so not even a percentage point, in October, which was lower than what most analysts predicted. It's an indication that inflation rates will continue to decline. So you'd see why Fox News would not talk about that one. Um, another one would be... Facebook's parent company, Meta, set to lay off about 13% of its total workforce. Uh, judge, they've never mentioned Alex Jones. I've never seen them mention Alex Jones. So a judge ordered Alex Jones to pay an additional $473 million more to the Sandy Hook family. And finally, oral arguments began in the Supreme Court of the United States in a case challenging who gets preference in the adoption of Native American children. The case seeks to overturn the Indian Child Welfare Act, which currently gives tribal nations a say in child welfare cases involving children who are members of a federally recognized tribe or eligible for membership. Now, that's kind of a big deal. Um, I'm sure it's affecting countless families, countless children. Um, Quite sad uh, that the Indian Child Welfare Act became a thing because there was a legacy of the United States taking Native American children away from their tribes. And that's why this act was formed, and now people are challenging it in court, which is, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Kind of a big story, though, but Fox just ignored it. Now, the next section of the podcast newsletter is by the numbers, which are graphs, which are visual. They don't really translate to audio. Um, But just briefly, uh, the number one topic last week on Fox was the midterms, of course, and it dominated 51% of its coverage. 11% was dedicated to candidate endorsements. They're still doing that. Then they bashed Biden 3% of the time. And they haven't done this in ages. They showed actual live footage from a Trump rally that was on Hannity. They used to do that all the time. Uh, I know OANN and Newsmax still does that. But Fox hasn't done it in ages. But they did um, last week. So they went from being openly giddy about the prospect of Republican Party seizing control of both houses to being utterly stunned by the Democrats' strong showing. Um, They were throwing most of their focuses towards Arizona and Nevada, um, and then they were picking out candidates that were still sort of in the running and pushing them very, very hard, like Herschel Walker, Kerry Lake, and Adam Laxalt. Although now, as we know, Kerry Lake and Adam Laxalt are out. Out. They lost. Ha ha ha. So Fox personalities didn't come out and declare any particular race stolen, but there were several comments that implied that some of the elections may not have been fair. It will be interesting to watch if Fox accepts the final results in various tight races. Um, On election night, I want to point this out because we talked about it in this last podcast. Several pundits and journalists invited to be part of the Fox News broadcast openly criticized former President Donald J. Trump. The next morning, that stopped completely. I have not seen that. I didn't see that at all on any program after election night. It just zipped it. Now, PBS spent 72% of their airtime on the midterms, but they broke it up. I just included the larger category. Um, 
because it seemed fair to do that because it's what I did to Fox. So they they broke it up into like types of voting, types of voters, different races, all of that. They had a very extended interview with Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And they also had an extended interview with House Republican Policy Committee Chairman Representative Gary Palmer. Um, PBS always does equal, they give equal time to both sides of anything political. Um, and then the words used on Fox, that's the last thing in the, in the podcast where Republican was number one at 367 times, Democrats 257, kind of telling that they said Republican a hundred times more often than they said Democrat. Uh, the next one that was really big was Senate was 139 times, crime 100, 107 border 106 and then you go all the way down to iran was mentioned three times again they never talked about the protest paper ballots was mentioned four times hunter biden made this list again 13 times aoc 30 times and fetterman because they got to keep bringing him up 49 times they cannot let go of fetterman they're just going to cling to that i bet they'll do an investigation just like hunter biden i'm kidding half kidding who knows anyway Coming up this week, I'll be covering the first hour of Fox and Friends, The Five, and The Ingram Angle. I should also have my interview with Andy Campbell dropping sometime this week. It's already done. I just have to kind of clean it up. He is the author of We Are the Proud Boys. I'm in his book, which is part of the reason why I wanted to interview him. And some of you guys asked me to, which, of course, I give you what you want. I give you what you want. I try at least. I'm totally exhausted right now. I won't even say what time it is right now as I'm finishing this up. But thank you so much for listening. If you want to contribute, I have a Patreon for Decoding Fox News. I also have a tip thing at the top of my Twitter. Um, I've got big things planned. Who knows how much I will get finished as I'm massively overworked as it is now. Thank you so much for listening. And the podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, my cats, also send their love. Thank you so much.